Black Panther, and I think Ooh. I'm going to make it a week thing. I'm going to go see it a couple of days this week. Like, I saw it today. You did not. But I also saw it on Friday. You did not. Yes, I did. I saw it this morning. I went and saw it with Adrian. Are you serious? Girl. Oh. Everything about it was amazing. Oh, my God. Everything about it. I need to go see it. I would say I'm going to go see it tonight, but I'm going to do some real work tonight, and I'm going to go see it tomorrow as soon as I'm done doing the real work. Man, G. Okay. But I feel like Black Panther is the real work. Like, I feel like we are doing the real work going Absolutely. to see Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it, you know what? That movie, just the breakdown of societal expectations of women and men yes. was so beautifully done. Those women were so powerful. And it's gotten so bad with me that I have went back and watched, like, all of their interviews and videos about the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Lapita yeah. and um, Denai, like, they're, oh like, I have went and watched them do interviews about the powerful women within the movie. And it's just, like, even, it just makes me feel it even more. Okay, see, now I need to go, first of all, I need to go see it at least five times yes and then i'm gonna go back and do that and yes. then i'm gonna go watch it another five times like oh i can't I'm, i've got okay now i've gotten the collectibles like i've started ordering things now because like i've become this obsessed i ordered a, a shirt that said queen of wakanda oh I, well, okay see i got like all these little pins like i got the black panther family reunion 2018 uh-huh. i got wakanda forever i got uh the black panther uh, the King of Wakanda sitting on the throne. Oh my God! Um, I got the I love the Dora pin. Like I'm I'm starting to collect all these things now. All things Wakanda because you know. And then you in here in your Africa shirt. I mean, I'm, I'm you showing real. up. I mean, I'm showing up because I just feel like if they if they come in and collect us anytime soon, you're not gonna leave me. I want to be that number. <laughs> I'm gonna be to honest be with you, like. You know, growing up in America, we get an idea of what Africans are like, right? Mm-hmm. And then our experiences with Africans. I don't know about your experiences, mm-hmm. but Africans ain't never liked me. They and I used to work at the airport, too, which was a huge yes. I used to work at T- for TSA, and it would be so difficult dealing with Africans, especially African women. They always felt like they was better than us because, mm-hmm. you know, of who they were. I, like, that's all I felt from them was an energy of, like, royalty like bitch you are a peasant Mm -hmm. don't you were a slave like that's how I felt they looked at us yes and I was like but it's not my fault I didn't ask to be here dropped us off and left like come back and get me if you like I I was left at the United States fire station you know what I mean like can you (laughs) not the safe zone you see what I'm saying it's not safe at all we be fighting over here because see the fire station only gets you to social services they don't keep you and it's not safe and it's not safe the system ain't safe man g i'm telling you like when i think about the energy between africans and african and black women or energy between africans period because i've dealt with um you know cab drivers oh, or man. rude ass men, men saying the stuff men. super disrespectful right mm-hmm. and it's like what but this movie gave me a completely different impression of like Africa and I know it's a it's a movie and it was Marvel mm-hmm. and it was super enhanced so it's not like if I went to Sierra Leone I would be like welcome my sister <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that it was not it would not be like that but it did scratch a surface on me and it and it definitely opened up my heart to want to know more about Africa mm-hmm. and more about my people even if they're not necessarily my people mm-hmm. but I want to go on like 
Ancestry.com and learn where I am exactly from. Like, I have so many okay. questions now. I agree, but don't be, don't, okay. On I'm going to be one stuff. of those chicks. Okay, no, be, I be, see you looking at be me. Be on that, but like, <laughs> don't be giving out the DNA though. Like, I'm, uh, uh, please do not be giving out black people. Keep, keep your DNA to yourself. Cause I really believe there's like a scam going on. Like, they, it's like some DNA shit. Like, they taking our DNA and they're like trying to, Make the inferiors, you know, they trying to like. So if I swab the inside of my girl, mouth, don't do it, girl, don't do it. I'm trying to tell you, don't do it. I'm trying to tell you, they are trying to take our superiority and put it inside and try to make like themselves better. Don't do that shit. Keep oh my your god, to yourself. Listen, they spent all these years trying to strip us from the history books and from the fucking world. So do now you all think of a sudden y'all trying to tell us where the fuck we from? Mm-mm, what is going. the what is the metal that is so strong in Wakanda? Vibranium. So are they taking vibranium and blending it with we, our the secret di- is we are, are the vibranium. That's the secret. Here. Girl, I'm trying to tell them. She's telling me not vibranium. to give away my DNA. That's the secret. We are the vibranium. Don't Sometimes there's just nothing left to say. Sometimes there's just nothing left to say. I want to thank our sponsors, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. Hey, 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 what up, y'all? It's your girl Kelly Howard, and we're here on Kelly Talks. As usual, um, I have uh, an amazing guest in studio. I just want to say Wakanda forever before I get started. Um, But I am super excited to have this young lady. I didn't know she's done so much more acting than I was aware of. I knew her primarily from The Shy, the new Showtime series written by Lena Waithe, um, also from the same neighborhood that I currently live in where my daughters go to high school. It's pretty amazing to see such talent come out of there. And now I'm in studio with who she plays Tracy on the show. Her child got killed and she's uh, mourning him right now in the studio with me. (laughs) Uh, What up, Ty? How you doing, Miss Ty Davis? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? I'm glad to be here, G. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Okay, and this is like I'm playing with this 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 name tag because for some reason I have this mild case of OCD at the moment. <laughs> I nailed that shit. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> Judge me if you must. I will. I am very judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to my studio. Why? Thank you. Thank you. Thank You're coming you. from an audition nice. right now, right? Yes. Hopefully, I feel like I bombed it, but I'm indifferent about it, so I don't know what to what to take from it. Whatever. And as, I feel like every time we do poorly on an audition is when you get the most response. Like, I've done poorly on auditions and booked them. And was like, wait, I know I did yep. poorly on that audition. Yep. But that's why I feel like it's about a look. But you said it's not because you and I both auditioned for Tracy. Yep. I'm low-key hating. Uh, <laughs> she okay. She got the role. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I didn't think I was going to. So what do you think it's about then if it's not about a look or it's not? Because you said you did poorly on the audition. I always feel like a different set of people in a room on a different day is going to pick a different person. I think yeah. it all comes down to the person doing the, the selection that Just day. what they want mm-hmm. that day. Because honestly, um, I, I really feel like I tanked Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really feel like I went in that day and 
I laid it in a room, and but I, I, I stopped like four times. I, I crap you not. His name was not Jason on that paper. <laughs> I called him every J name in the book. That's hilarious. And I was winging it. I said whatever I felt like saying, which is funny because that's ultimately what happened a lot on set, too. Uh, a lot of the directors was like, wow, you just... Gonna say whatever you want to say. Yeah. The hell with the lines. The, the thing is, is you have to remember lines. that, though, every take now. Because if you mess up, you got to mess up the same way so that when they edit it... Look, no, ma'am. <laughs> that didn't happen either. So... Tracy has taught me so much, like all the textbook things that we try to do as consummate professionals. Mm-hmm. Nope. No? Mm-mm. None of it. No, ma'am. Like we try so hard. Listen, I will say there are basic things that you do, like always be professional on set, you know, be positive. Uh, always try to put your best foot forward, all of that jazz. Yes, show mm-hmm. up on time. Don't be a diva, all of that. Sure. Yeah. But them scripts, sometimes it just don't feel right. I think, too, yeah, sometimes it's poorly written. Uh, I'd be looking at the lines and be like, dude, nobody talks like this. What was you thinking? But not only that, I do feel like it's about just being in character. Like, in mentally, if you feel it, yeah, then you can just stay there. You don't have to necessarily go based on what they have on that paper. And a lot of the times, especially if ties head somewhere else that's which happens. it do baby because you be Boy. on the medibles you be on them Boy, i'm trying to tell you do you be having your vape on set yes ma'am <laughs> it doesn't it's like an amex never leave home without it. <laughs> never leave home without Listen, it i feel it's like a binky it's right here in between my legs it is that's ridiculous uh well really it's not actually <laughs> i don't i don't agree with that statement i just said about it being ridiculous so <laughs> let me retract that i'm all about the marijuana um I think it saved lives and not mine, but others. Absolutely. Okay. It saved other people from my presence. Uh, listen, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that I will pop off in a second. And if I have not, and you are still walking around here and I have greeted you with a smile and you know you have crossed me, you can thank THC. <laughs> Thanks, THC. Mm-hmm. All right. So, where were you raised at? Uh, South side of Chicago, near Roseland, 114th. And 114th and Stewart. Uh, wow, hundreds, eh? Yes, ma'am. It's hey, a horrible hey. thing. 126th Street. I went to Metcalf. I went to Jesse Owens. And then my mom and daddy was like, let's move her to the South Suburbs before she turns into a deep boy's girlfriend. Uh, still did not stop me. Um, <laughs> so what did y'all move after that? To Flossmore. Oh, you went straight. How did you come from the wild hundreds and go to, how did you fare out there? Like, did it? (laughs) uh, Anybody who went to HF, shout out out to the South Suburbs, uh, knows about North Building. Uh, They tried to send me there a couple of times, but my mother is my greatest, fiercest warrior. What year did you graduate? 2000. Okay, I graduated in 99 and I went to Rich Central. Oh, shut the front door. Are for two months, and I got kicked out, and then went to Ombudsman for a month and got okay, kicked out. Okay. And then I went to, I, I graduated from Thornwood, though. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Okay, so you understand. Mm-hmm. It, it almost went a lot like that, but my mom just, my mom is the feds, and uh, she's actually, a, she's pretty good when it comes to negotiations. She really is a feds? Mm-hmm. Oh, what does she do? Uh, third in charge, Chicago FBI. She literally just retired. Nigga. Nigga. That is dope as fuck. That yeah. is so exciting. Is it really? It is. It just really fucked up all the horrible things I really wanted to do as a teenager. <laughs> you can do them now as an adult. 
no no reason to. Oh my god. You know, god. that's the part of adulting that's the point. that sucks. It's like, what the fuck? Now that I know I can do it, you really realize, no, I can really do time for this shit. Right. So you I'm will not get locked up. Like and I don't have to sneak out the house. So like that's dumb now too. And your mom might have a little bit of a hard time negotiating for you. Legit. Once you well, get locked up as an adult. No, she wouldn't have a hard time. I would just never hear the end of it. Oh, yeah. Every holiday. She like, mm-hmm. Like, it's, that's what you're doing now? And she has that way of getting to your soul. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't even want to hear this shit. That is so, so beautiful. Just don't do it. So you was raised in a two-parent household? Mm-hmm. That is, that's what's wrong with me, according to most men. Y- you were given love, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, too much of it. <laughs> So my brat is like on a million. Oh, you're a brat? Are you an only child though? I was raised as an only child, then my little sister came. What what age did she come at? Like eight, eight years later. So, you know, I'm going through that streak of getting everything that you want and then them overcompensating for bringing this thing in the world that's taking up all the attention. Mm-hmm. It worked out. I mean, I love my sister. That's my rider now. But growing up, I was just like, I didn't even ask for you. Yeah, so. that's a big deal. My, my younger sister is six years younger than me. So that's a huge difference because you almost want to have... Like, you don't get that good relationship with them until you're, like, late in your 20s, almost 30s. Then exactly. it's like, oh, you are actually cool you're human. You're not now. a weird little fucking kid. Exactly. You're a booger yeah. get away from me. Exactly. But now it's like, oh, no, you're kind of cute, too. Come kick it with your sister. <laughs> Growing up, did you know you wanted to be an actress? No. No? I didn't. What did you want to be? <laughs> like, did you have any ambitions growing up? <laughs> like, as a kid... I went through a lot of things. At first, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, after that, it like faded into like something glamorous, but it was it was more like a princess type situation. It, it was real Lala ish. And then I grew up and was like, okay, I want to be a lawyer again. And then that faded and acting like because I started acting at eight. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a I want to do that because I was already doing it. Oh, got you. Yeah, it was like oh I want to keep doing this thing I'm doing. I want to do this thing that I'm doing, but like I guess I need a something else thing. So it was like a that real life was like the fluctuation for me. What was the, Acting the first was the thing? Constant. What was the first thing you did on camera? It, it was a McDonald's do you even remember? commercial. Yeah. It was a national. Oh, I do remember because I, the first thing I remember as a kid it was a national McDonald's commercial. I remember. So I really can't eat the food. You can't? No. <laughs> I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. Like, <laughs> I was so excited. Like, I'm getting ready to eat McDonald's all day. Get. When they told me I couldn't eat the food, I was pissed. And then for lunch, for lunch it was craft service shit. So oh, I was like, right. That makes sense. So I'm not eating McDonald's? Oh, it was like a letdown. I was so fucking pissed off. Now, what made your parents put you in acting? Because at eight, did you say I want to be an actress? Or did they just okay. audition you for something? How did no. that happen? My extra local, my uncle was actually the actor. Okay. Um, he was a model slash actor. And um, back in the day, Jacqueline Kennard was the first, like one of the first African-American casting agents in Chicago. No, first African-American agent. She later switched to casting. But Jackie called the house for him to let him know he had an audition. And I answered the phone. Well, my little badass one's supposed to be answering the phone. <laughs> but I answered the phone and talked that woman's ear off. Did you? Never gave him the phone, just kept talking. And so apparently when she called back later on that evening to tell him, she was like, who was that person that answered the phone, this little person? He was like, oh, my God, it was my niece. And she was like, bring her in. And she timed me on the spot. Next thing I know, I was booking two weeks later. That is dope I as did a hell. Scott Forsman print ad and then. Look at the universe showing up, putting you in a place you're supposed to be in. Who at knew? eight. Who 
new, and he's not even an actor anymore. His ass. <laughs> he's probably so proud of you, though. He is. He is. That's that's my other rider. He actually owns a clothing boutique downtown. So I just go to him and sell all the clothes. Oh, really? What's the name of it? Tehran's Boutique, 17 North Wabash. Nice. Dope. Yeah, promote nice. your uncle. Right? Y'all go out and get some dope stuff. That's what's up. Did you go to college? I did. I went to Columbia College. I for... did, too. Did you go to Columbia? I did go to Columbia for like two years and then... Or like a year and a half, and then the fees was just my financial aid didn't go through. Something happened okay. with the financial aid, or I don't know if I submitted on. I don't know what happened, but I know when I went to like sign up for the next semester, they was like, "You have thirty two thousand dollars worth of unpaid." And I'm oh, like, "Columbia is good." For I that. was like, "No, no, 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 no! I have financial aid, and I get the the GI bill." I was like, "This should be taken care of." And they was like, "No, we haven't received payment, and it doesn't look like you applied for financial aid last year." And I was like, "That doesn't make sense." I was taught at two to apply for all loans. I mean, all right, available like, no, money I out here. Right. Why would I have not applied? You know, and just the fact that they didn't and they were telling me that in order to register, I would have had to pay like half of it and then get on a payment plan. And it had to be completely paid within mm-hmm. six months. And it was just ridiculous. And I, for the first two months, I wanted it so bad. I wanted to graduate. I wanted to go to Columbia. I wanted to get my degree in acting so bad that I was like going to my grandfather. I was going to everybody that I knew had money. Like, please just help me out. Just, you know, if you can give me a loan, I promise when I make it, I'll pay you back. Like that was my only options yeah. when I make it. it yeah. Not when I go back to work, nigga, because that's not going to no. get you 32. But when I make it, though, I got, I got you. you. I'm going to bring this money back. Girl. And it just never worked out. So I um like two months later, I started working for TSA and I was working for them. Okay. And then I okay. did stand up for the first time and got paid for it. And once I got paid that little $22 for stand-up, I know, I think it was $25. I got paid $25 and I moved to LA. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to be famous. I'm going <laughs> to take this $25. I'm, I'm telling you. And I was like, fuck Columbia. Y'all ain't never did shit for me. Y'all left me out here in these streets. <laughs> and I just had like this attitude of like, I'm going, I'm going to blow up. Girl, reality wow. set in as soon as I got there and was out of that $25. I was like, now what do I do? <laughs> because 25 in LA is two is, pennies in say, Chicago. It is in and out burger. But the beautiful thing is is I was able to transfer my job from TSA to LAX. Oh, that's So dope. I had a, a job when I got there, which was great. And then I didn't do any, any acting. Or, or stand up. I didn't do anything. I was just like, I'm in LA and it's beautiful. Why would I do See, anything that's but the be LA here? Trap. No, man. And be, yeah. And so, yeah. No. I didn't really start working back into it until I moved back to Chicago two years later. Really? Yeah. That was a lot to tell you about Columbia. Anyway, so you went to Columbia. No, the, the story became about me. Anyway, but I was so interested because I'm like, wait a minute. So you went out there to, to just soak up the L.A. sun and work for TSA? That's what I did for two years. <laughs> for two years. I ended up moving back when, because I, in, in fact, I was out there for the first year by myself. And I had had a baby. I was, you know, my okay. mom was taking care of her. Okay. And she was only five. Oh. So my mom cared for her for the first year and then she moved her down there with me a mm-hmm. year later and we spent a year there together and then I got an audition for and this is my first time ever on TV um Pauly Shore's Minding the Store he had a reality show on TBS where he was taking over the comedy store for Mitzi mm-hmm. and he was doing this one particular episode called The Hot Girls of Comedy that's actually where I met Gabrielle Dennis too many people don't know that she used to be a stand up no yeah, I she, never knew that yeah so we met in that line and she had never done stand up and I had only done it 
twice before I moved to LA and then I had never done it again and I'm in line with her girl giving her like you just gotta go up there and be yourself you know what I'm saying you just gotta you just gotta you gotta tell yourself that you can do it and do it like I had no stand-up experience at all but we both got it are you serious girl yes we both got casted we both did the show. They cut my entire episode out. No, my entire my entire uh set cuz it was terrible. It was terrible. I had done stand up twice. Okay. It was terrible. But you still booked it though. I did book it. It's on my IMDb. Turn up. Hey. But it was <laughs> it was still it was matters. it was terrible. So at that point is when I was like, "Kelly, if you're going to do stand up for real, you need to move back to Chicago." Mm-hmm. So I just came back home and I've been back here ever since 2006 doing stand up. Killing shit. Almost 12 years now. Hey, killing yep. shit. I think the first time we met was in an audition and you were doing Stan- some type of comedy or some something. Some type of comedy. Yeah. Yep. I was like, well, this is where we're different because I don't do this. <laughs> she does, but yeah. it's cool. But you still act because you went to Columbia College. Let's get back to that. This so, is what true. did you study there? Journalism. Journalism. See, I told you real life was the, 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 the flaky thing. I was like, okay, let me try this. What did, what made you do that? So you like to write, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. And then when I got more in, in, in depth with this whole journalism bullshit, I was like, so wait, y'all going to tell me what I can and can't report? I'm not doing this. I don't like being told what to do. Wow. And when I learned, and I think a lot of the teachers over there were kind of bitter at the time because a lot of my professors were like, yeah, you know, I went over to Afghanistan. And they were saying we couldn't report on this. And did I was like, so wait a minute. You mean to tell me the news that we're getting is filtered? Piss me off. I was oh, like, oh, wow. shit, it's all fake news. Oh, my God. So I was like, I can't do this. So then I was like, let me switch my major to advertising. And then She wasn't even in school for acting. Uh-uh. <laughs> sure, what? I, okay, because then my whole theory on that is, and I know a lot of actors are like, oh, my God, she's this, she's that. I'm already doing it. I'm not getting ready to pay y'all if I'm getting paid to do it already. That's you don't take any type of classes to up your skill set at all or to I have not interesting but you're working so I'm working my studying is done in different ways like I will read books I will I have all the Uta Hagen DVDs like I will study on my own whatever works for you not taken any classes interesting and people go you're not a student. And I'm like, just because I don't study the way that you study does not make me not a student. I think we're all students of life. minded individual. <laughs> I have taken psychology classes, which I think are essential if you want to be a true actor. Yeah, psychology is definitely important. It's definitely what we're all a part of. So did you finish? Did you get a degree in advertising? No. No? No. At what at what uh year did you drop out? Uh let's two. Year two. It was it was a wrap for me. Yeah. First year I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. Second year I went, but it's because they were like, Okay, listen, because I was still a working actor at the time. And if you're taking classes, you're only allowed to miss certain amounts of classes. So you get an audition, that's mm-hmm. missing one class. You get a call back, that's missing two. You get the <laughs> job, that's missing three or more. Yeah. And that shit happened too often. So they were like, uh, and I was like, all right, listen, and my parents are paying for school out of pocket. Wow. And I was like, well, let's just not waste any more money because. I'm not going to finish this. Not going to finish. So. Wow. Turned into a huge argument, but. 
What's the best role you've played to date? Tracy. Tracy, you think? If we're talking on camera work, yeah, it's definitely Tracy. Yeah. Tracy's taught me so much more about just life, industry, people. It's a hands-on experience. So <laughs> you got nude with Tracy. How was that? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my First God. nudity on. And, and, and I hear that it's like more than just you being on the shy nude. So what's happened with that? So people have taken little nasty, nasty little perverts. They took something that was tastefully done in brief nudity. And I'm going to show you this. And they took it and put it on porno sites and like oh have duplicated my God. it. And as soon as they snatch it down, they throw it up again. It's disgusting. Like I could not believe that they have done this shit to me. I was like, you people are bored. Like, you people are bored. So how did it feel? Well, okay, so when you initially did the the nudity scene, how did it feel? Did you, because first of all, you did it with the father? Uh, with Ronnie. With Ronnie, yeah. right? The father who is twice your age. He I'm so uncomfortable with his. <laughs> I just want, Lena, I love you to death. I love your work. I love everything you've done. But I hate the casting of Ronnie. Like, it makes me so upset every time I watch the movie. It's, it angers me to the deepest extent. Because I'm like, this man, and I get it. Like, women date <laughs> younger men. But I ain't seen too many younger women have babies by young. That, and it was Ronnie like, is not Jason's father. Okay, okay. See, we see that was not clear. But you know what? I be on my computer and shit watching TV too. See? So I'm never really. Well, I think that's all of us. Yeah. Like to scroll and shit. Okay. So that makes a little bit more sense. Because I'm like, this dude is 60 years old. He, Did you just say he was 60? I don't know what the character portrayal, like, that's what I see. And, he, and, and then he just feels old. Like, his acting just feels, he feels yeah, old. Yeah, a lot of people, that's a lot of the feedback. Like, I, a lot of the responses that I've gotten in inboxes are. <laughs> Why is you with this old ass man? <laughs> then, at the, at the, at the um, <laughs> girl at the damn block party, this other old ass man come up to you and give y'all have like this exchange where it was like, yeah, we've been there, done that. I don't want you no more. And I'm like, she out here dating granddaddies. Like, why is she dating? Tracy date- is the geriatric dream, honey. Oh my god, Tracy is the geriatric dream. How you know that old man ain't my daddy? So maybe it is. I hope it is. I hope it's your daddy. Oh my god, they got you on. Po- and got your whole name spelled out. They even have a thing on here. I'm sorry, guys. Right now, what I'm looking at is her cell phone. She just handed me her cell phone of her nude on this porn site. And you can even click her name. I guess it's going to take you to her specialized page. This is some bull. Of porn. This is some bullshit. It looks like some bullshit. It, like, this is some bullshit. I'm Look, so sorry you're going through that. No, that's one website is what I'm trying to get you to understand. Oh, it's multiple? There are more. And I get so upset this has made me question nudity on camera now because that's insane but i went into it questioning nudity on camera and like i was like wait what and i was like well and everybody and it's so funny because i talked to my mom i talked to my dad uh i talked to guy i'm seeing and everybody's like oh no it should be cool don't worry about it only person that was like hell no was my cousin who's overprotective oh read this was overprotective. He was like, you tell them no. And I was like, okay, but maybe it's not going to be that bad. And so then I got an email back, and I was like, oh, it's going to be tasteful. Don't worry about it. And luckily the director who directed this day was like, okay, 
don't worry about it. It will be tasteful. It's not going to be raunchy. And when he directed, he was very, very, you know, it was a close set. There weren't that as many people as would normally be because it was still too it's many always a lot of people. Yeah, but girl, and it, it was still too many dinglings on set for my taste. Mm-hmm. However, it was you know, and I, I made sure that I I talked to his wife and I asked her to be there. So you know, it was, it was that made you feel better about it. That's true. That's a good, yeah. But it was still, you know, I begged for the minimal amount of takes. But after like take thirty, I was like, so we still doing this? Oh my god, we still doing this. We still doing this. We still doing this. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you handled it like a G. We're in episode six now, so clearly you did. Yeah, you didn't have a. Ch- oh, okay. So here was the biggest problem. We ended up the day that I was really ready. Like, was totally ready to, I was ready to get on set. I was booty naked. I had my little C <laughs> cup on. I was like, all right, because I made sure I had on some undies. There was no way I was going to be bumping uglies with some man I do not know. Because I was like, if we do that, we tell your little girlfriend over there to pass the little baby that y'all just had. Because we girlfriend-in-laws. There's no <laughs> way we are bumping uglies, sir. Oh so my I had God. on undies. Um, They were like, so we're going to reschedule this. I was like, wait, What? Oh no! I had drank all my little alcohol and everything. I was just drunk <laughs> on set I'm for lit. no I'm reason. I'm ready. That is hilarious. It was a fucked up day. So then they just got me all revved up for nothing. So then it was like anticipation until the next day. So like every day I would go to set. It was like, so what are we filming today? So what did we film today? And it was never the same. So then one day it was just sprung on my ass. I was like, fuck, I wasn't ready. Oh wow! So you were. This is probably your biggest challenge as a performer. You would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you prefer comedy or drama? Initially, I was saying comedy because comedy, I felt like, was a better situation. But I'm actually liking the the storylines for drama better. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love drama. It, even though I'm a comedian, I, pref- I would prefer to be, like, the love child of, like, Denzel Washington slash Viola Davis slash Angela Bassett. Like, all of the powerful black actors. Oh, that just sounds like... In the, like, yeah... Like, that's what I used to say that I was a love child of Richard Pryor, Bernie Mac and um, Lucille Ball had a threesome. That would be me. OK. But now I would prefer for Viola Davis and Denzel and Angela Bassett because they're older. I'm not going to disrespect them and say I want them to have a threesome, but I want them to somehow consummate me. All I'm saying is, <laughs> after Quincy Jones, it might still have been possible, honey. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they they wilding, and I'm oh just wondering God. if I ever want to get that high up. <laughs> I'm just saying. So what do you, what do you want to see happen with your career? That is the magic question. And I used to have the magic answer, and at this point, I don't. I just really want to keep learning. I know that in your own way. Yeah, in my own in my own way, not y'all's old textbook ass answer way. I'm not interested. Okay, I went to a Montessori school when I was a fucking kid. Okay, we didn't learn like y'all learned it. In. Her mom's FBI. Okay. okay, okay, okay. We learn differently. Okay. Anyway, though, I'm a creative. <laughs> uh, I really want to keep learning. Um, I want to do my own creative content. I want to. Do the the steps to writing, directing, producing, being in front of and behind. I want to create things for kids. I want to get these after-school programs in Chicago back in so we can get these kids understanding that, hey, you don't have to be an actor. You can produce music. You can produce films. You can be um, 
a production assistant if that's what you want to be mm-hmm. until you figure it out. I want to find ways to get our children on creative paths instead of saying you can go to school if you have a ball in your hand or you have to be a biochemist or you have to be something that is by the book. I want them to have another option because a creative lane, yeah. Yeah, like and we I feel like we keep snatching that away from them. I want to give it back. I think education is definitely important, though, uh, even in a creative lane. I wish I would have finished college because I find myself running into those challenges of just not knowing. Mm-hmm. And then the not knowing adds an insecurity of like, mm-hmm. oh, if I only knew, mm-hmm. you know, and that's also just a personal way of thinking. People that have a more objective, I mean, not objective, but a more optimistic mm-hmm outlook on life will say okay so I don't know this but that's okay I can learn it I can figure it out which I'm learning to do for myself where I don't I no longer rest in that place of just not knowing Mm -hmm. but even that is a learned skill like you have to learn how to be a student and understand that you can learn anything if you just put forth that work Mm -hmm. to learn it you know Mm -hmm. so yeah but Uh, how nice is it to know that you have the option yeah and people just I don't know it's just let's go back to Wakanda and we're they had the option. Wakanda had the option. Wakanda had the option. Like yeah. they are raised in a world filled with options. Our babies don't have that. Yeah. And all Eric Killmonger wanted to do was give them the option. That's all Killmonger. He to do. Like So now what is one of the biggest things that you struggle with in regards to your career? Like personal things because I know that you know you have some people out here that's just acting or doing what they're doing you are a mother right yes I have a 12 year old little girl named Madison who is a handful and a half because her creative mind is as busy as mine is that challenging sometimes most of the time yeah Madison is an artist she has her own shows that she puts up in the village in the village of yes of our city and our school i mean in her school district she has her own artwork displayed everywhere beautiful she is a ballerina she takes dance class she's she does fencing she wants to learn other languages she just wrote a poem she just won the poetry slam at her school she wrote a poem in japanese and then she wrote one about being an awkward black girl and that is amazing just busy and then she's an actress she guest starred with me on chicago med playing my daughter like madison is as busy as i am that's amazing thank you so you have a huge support system then my village is amazing yeah madison has a team like her dad and his family we co-parent like some bosses i can't even front i couldn't stand his ass from the time madison was born hated <laughs> my ex-husband and i i'm pretty sure we've tried to kill each other oh so you've been times. married i've been married twice twice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i've been married twice you think you're gonna get married again i'm not opposed to it i'm not rushing to it okay the, yeah I've, I've seen the mountaintop that all these broads are rushing to i believe in waiting until it's right so so what was the what do you think is the most challenging thing in relationships for you marrying somebody that's not going to change. Like, that old banana in the tailpipe situation for me has been a real issue. Like, you have to really understand. What does that mean? I don't know what banana in the tailpipe means. Okay, I've dated men that for some reason the thing that attracts them to me is the thing that they want to change once they obtain me. 
you cannot want a strong woman mm-hmm. and then want to box me in. Oh, find us some, right. Yeah. You knew what I was when we started dating and you thought it was cute and it was fun and saucy then. I in no way want to ever emasculate my man, but if you're starting to feel less manly, you need to evaluate yourself. Or maybe you need to go figure out who you are before you date. get in a committed relationship. Yeah, and I'm yeah. all for that. Explore life. No, because I know who I am. So you said they don't want to change, but you don't want them to change either, do you? No, I was comfortable because I thought you knew who you were. I thought you were okay with you. But if you're not okay with you and you know that you have things that you need to work on, and I feel like, you know, we're, I know we're all going to change as an evolution, mm-hmm. but you're not going to make me dumb down is what I'm saying. Yeah. That that, that can't happen. Right. Um, you knew what I was capable of and equipped with when you started dating me. Yeah. I'm not going to change Don't think that, that those qualities are going to be diminished over the course of our relationship. Yeah, I'm not going to stop. I, 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 I'm going to keep buying my shoes. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I didn't ask you to purchase them. My money does not become our money. That's okay? interesting. In a marriage? In a marriage. That's interesting. Th- that does not happen. What we obtain together is our money. Okay, okay. Okay, that's then that's when you. But my money that I came in with does not become your money. That makes sense. Right. Just like you kind of threw me for a minute there because I'm like, damn, in a marriage, you're not willing to. I was like, what? That's why your marriage is unworking, bitch. You (laughs) you selfish selfish as fuck. (laughs) No. What what you have prior to me, that's yours. I'm not after that. Yeah. Just like you can't have. That's mine. Yeah. And I'm not asking you for that. For that. Yeah. What we come together, that's us. We're a team. Let's do that. But what you're not going to do, because the banana in the tailpipe, oh, you thought you had one, and I, I had two of those. So Interesting. On my way to three of those. Now, you deal with some other challenges in your career as well. Well, not even in your career, just in your life as well. You have fibromyalgia? I do have fibromyalgia. When did you get diagnosed with that? Two years ago. Oh, so this is recent. This is very recent. I knew that I had had... Horrible migraines. I knew that I had had, it was getting progressively worse. I was starting to get exhausted. Like, I used to be in girl groups. I used to dance for seven hours a day. Like, I used to have a shit ton of energy. Mm-hmm. And then I just realized I couldn't get up. Um, and this is also another part of my condition. I get fibrofog like a mug. Like, fibrofog. Fibrofog? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm, fibrofog. It's like, I can look at this charger and know exactly what it is today and tomorrow. Like, you know, the thing in the wall that you put in your phone? <laughs> Words evade me. Yeah. Which is strange. Go figure. But um, it's a chronic pain disease. Uh, I couldn't get up Runyon Canyon. And that was weird for me because I could do a lot. Mm-hmm. I used to be a gymnast. I used to be able to flip. I used to cheer. Like, and I can't get up a canyon? This is weird. Yeah. Um, I was getting sharp pains in my back. I wasn't remembering things. And my hands were, were were weak. My fingers were numb. My toes were numb. It was just the strangest thing. And everybody was saying that it was MS initially. Because it sounds very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I, you know, I didn't know 
what to take from it. So, and I just had a friend that was diagnosed with MS not a month earlier, and I went through all the, the steps with her. I went to, you know, every doctor's appointment with her because we didn't know what was going on with her. And I was like, am I getting sympathy symptoms? Like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> Am I embodying her disease? Yeah. And I was like, I know I'm dramatic, but I'm not that damn dramatic. Like, <laughs> that is strange. So I went to the doctor after I was working out. I went, uh, went boxing with my then fiancé, and I just couldn't get myself together. I was feeling too strange, so I went to the ER. They kept me for three days. Um, ran all the tests. I got CAT scan. I got a spinal tap. I got everything. You had an MRI. Had an MRI. What did the MRI show? I had no lesion. I had no spots on the brain. I had no lesions. I had in- none of that. So that's when they ruled out MS. MS, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I have several lesions on my brain. Really? How mm-hmm. big? Um, I don't know how big they are. I didn't ask that question. I know that was a question to be asked, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I have like several in different spots, and then I have one on my spine. Okay. Which is where I think the initial me knowing that the disease was a a thing because I looked down and I felt like a shocking feeling going every time I looked down it would just go zip from the top of my head all the way down through my toes and yeah. I was like I have MS like I googled it and was like I have MS and went yeah. to the doctor and she was like you don't have MS and I used to run a lot so I was super fit um as far as lean mm-hmm. you know I look like a runner anyway but mm-hmm. I like super look like a runner then because I did it every day and she was like oh you just probably have a pinch nerve it'll be fine and I was like no I'm telling you what the Google said. Mm-hmm. I have MS. I've read about it. I, my symptoms are aligned with this. And she sent me to a neurologist, and they did an MRI and saw that I had several lesions. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So do you still have the feeling in your fingers? This is not an interview about me. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen here. I do have no, no, no. That sharp pain. That that I mean, not that sharp pain, but that shocking pain went away after you know I started medication and started to follow the the lifestyle of somebody dealing with a disease like that so I don't deal with that anymore but I just knew though like I was was. like I'm not gonna take your answer doctor like I get you think I'm fit I think I'm fit too but I know that this is normal Mm -hmm. and I've ran for years I've been a runner since high school this isn't a pinch nerve right so yeah I think that was the important thing like I think the diagnosis came so much sooner because you know your body. Mm-hmm. And instead of them trying to figure, and that's the same thing that happened with me. It's like, I know my body and I know something's wrong. Like even right now, because I've been in so many car accidents, go figure. I have been in a car accident. <laughs> don't judge me. Crazy shit. Like yes. chasing niggas and no yelling. Hell. Okay, see, no. I'm a, <laughs> the way you said me, it was like, go figure. Like, yeah, I gets down. No. Okay, in high school, yes. But grown time, no. Um, grown time. I got T-boned. A couple of years before. Oh, no. Yeah, off of Lake and Halstead. Like, this bitch decided that she was just going to go straight when she was only supposed to go left and right, and she fucked up my E-class. Never saw that bitch again. T-boned me, and I ended up getting uh, blockers in my C-spine. And I thought that that's the reason why I couldn't feel these two fingers was because of that. You still can't feel those two fingers? Girl, no. Nothing. Really? Nothing. Like, this right here. Like, I can touch the hottest of things a lot of the times because the feeling in my hands come and go. Yeah, that's I can I can grab like they all my kids always talk about me because if I if it's something in the oven and we can't find an oven mitt, I'll grab that shit right out and put it on the stove. And my family thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. And they're like, like, what's like, wrong with you? And I'm like, I just got powerful hands. Exactly. I'm like, it's my <laughs> superpower. I will just it's fine. Wow. And my sensory my sensory that's when you like when Lisa came in early was like, Y'all hot? Mm, I kinda don't feel much. As far as temperature, I can walk outside in the dead of winter and feel nothing. Wow. 
my and that's another part of fibromyalgia. Like we just sense things so much differently than people. Like it's off. So how has this affected your life in the last two years? Have you had to like change your diet or anything or do you still just? No, I, I do the wrong thing a lot. I still eat the things <laughs> that I'm not supposed to eat. And when I do that, I, I flare like a mug. Like, And the flare for me feels like it's like flu symptoms on a million. And I feel like I get stabbed in my neck and my spine with like a hot iron. Mm. It's the worst feeling of, like, I get nausea, headache, and, like, stab, and I get so exhausted. Like, yeah. And in the beginning, my mom had to come and, like, like I was bawling. Like, I was like, somebody just shoot me in the head, make it stop. Like, it hurt so oh, no. bad. Like, I didn't, because I didn't know how to manage at the time. Yeah. Like, I just felt so awful all the time. And your mental state has a lot to do with it, too. So if you're already saddened about the diagnosis then it's going to be hard to exactly yeah exactly because now I can feel the flare coming on I'm like okay I can get in front of it and I can still function now there are days that they're worse like trying to manage this and acting mm-hmm. those early auditions during a flare Jesus no like I don't know how I'm going to get out of the bed like yeah. some days I just feel like I just got hit by a truck I went into Marissa's office recently, and I was just like, listen. Marissa Ross casting, just for you guys. That oh, yes, who. Marissa Ross, my bad. <laughs> I went into Marissa's office, and I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off, y'all. I really feel like shit. Wow. And it was the comedy. It was for that little real pilot, and I was like, I. Yeah, it's times where I, like this weekend, actually, I was in Alabama, and it was great. And you know what? I'm not even going to blame it on the MS. I took an edible. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm be, I'm just being straight up. Like, I was feeling kind of like it was one of those days. You know how you can wake up and you can tell that I'm going to be tired today. This is going to be one of those days where I'm constantly trying to get ahead of my exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those days. I had kind of laid around all day. I said I was going to get up and go see Black Panther and everything, and I didn't. I just laid around the hotel, did nothing, mm-hmm. went back to sleep, woke back up, went back to sleep. And then finally I was like, okay, Kelly, you need to get your mind right. So I popped an edible to kind of give me that sense of aliveness you know, because yeah. I was I was drained. Yeah. And uh, I was good. I was good. And then, I, you know, with edibles, you'll get, it'll come in, and then you'll be like, ooh, I'm nice and high. Mm-hmm. And then it'll come in again. Like, it comes in. That second wave? It comes in the second wave, and that second wave is the one that puts you down. That one is like, I, you're high as fuck right now. And you just need to sit down somewhere <laughs> and, and sleep it off. When I tell you, Ty, it happened in the middle of my set. <laughs> in the middle of my set like I was on stage and I felt it because at first high it already came in I'm on stage cruising like yeah y'all we out here in Alabama right and then that second wave came in in the middle of one of my jokes and I just spent around and I looked at the crowd and I was like why are you aliens in my hotel room get out of here <laughs> like I was so I was so buzzed I was like I don't oh, need shit. you and so I got off stage and I felt so to everybody else I was like no it was fine I said no it wasn't fine I was looking at these people like straight up fucking aliens and it was like you did great and I was like no 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 I didn't sweet yes it was I'm one sweet. of those but you can just feel it some days though you can feel your exhaustion so I get that for sure oh my oh god my god those are the best moments. They are. They really are. But they should never happen at work. <laughs> they really are. So what do you do? What is your, um, what is like your routine for dealing with it? I try to book out. I won't lie to you. Unfortunately, it's pilot season. Like if I have to deal with a flare, I try my best to be at home 
and as close to a bed and meds as possible. Because what meds do you do? You currently take meds for fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. They have me on Cymbalta. Uh, they have me on Tramadol, and the narcotics were the worst because narcotics don't do anything. Uh, the pain you can't get around it. Like the best thing for me has been the CBD and the THC. Yeah. Because the narcotics just make you itch crazy, but you still feel the pain. You just feel numb. Because there's like a, a dull pain at that point, and yeah. then like it just fucks up your head and makes you just lay down. And I just feel like that's just a horrible way to treat to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a horrible way to deal with pain. Um, do you deal? With, do you have any depression or anything? Do you have any antidepressants you have to take for it? Oddly enough, I think Cymbalta is a antidepressant. Oh, is it? it I think it is, but it, it treats fibromyalgia. That's one of the biggest things that I've had but I think that I already had underlying depression, depression. anyway just from the life I've lived like mm-hmm. I've lived one hell of a life and so that in addition to the MS and MS is like prone to depression like yeah. it's a high number of people when you have multiple sclerosis you also deal with depression and it's like the two of those combined I've had to really make my mental health the utmost important yep. part of my day like yep. So I have like a very structured routine of waking up, meditating, mm-hmm. writing, um, you know, taking that minute to sit on the end of the bed and just remind myself of how much I love myself. You know what I mean? Like well, to you know get what? out of that mentality. I'll say this. I think the amount of fucks to not give <laughs> with fibro dead ass have like they've gone out the window. So like I am so quick now to literally tell people how I feel and not bottle things up Mm -hmm. and do it in a way that is so matter of fact and so respectful and so just this is what it is. And thanks. Yeah. Why hold it it in? It helps you out. It has helped my mental. Like I have gotten to the point now where no is no and I'm okay with this even if you're not. And it's it's if I was depressed before, mm-hmm. I can't even be that way anymore. Like nothing in life bothers me. Nice. Like, nothing bothers me. <laughs> it's amazing. My poor child. Madison did some fuck shit recently. She thought she was getting ready to forge her <laughs> teacher's signature on her little homework assignment notebook. What? And normally, her mom is a psycho. I couldn't let my blood pressure go up that high. I yeah. literally just looked at her and was like, oh, my God, you're so grounded. And then I was like, <laughs> no, you tried me, though. And then because she tried to, like, literally make up a story about how she was scribbling to make sure her pen worked. Oh, so you lying too, Madison? Girl. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So, like, you really. I said, girl, just close your eyes. And I want you this time to picture your life flashing before it because I'm going to kill you. Oh, my God. And she said, she closed her eyes and did it. Mm-hmm. I said, because Madison, the time to do the right thing is always when. And she said, now. I said, and you knowing that, just try to play me. Wow. I said, it's cool. So now you're an inmate. You're an inmate. <laughs> and the prison of time. <laughs> no, seriously. I said, so you don't get a bed because that is a privilege in this house. So go grab a blanket and a pillow and go sleep on the floor in the den. Oh, my God. She had to eat plain oatmeal with nothing in it for breakfast and dinner. She only ate the school lunch, and she could only swipe the amount of money that I told her on that card. She had to wear hair and cornrows straight to the back, and she had to wear the same jogging suit to school every day after she hand-washed it in the sink. You seriously put her in prison? Mm-hmm. 
Because forgery is a federal crime. So one of the questions I was going to ask you is, what's the pettiest thing you've ever done in life? I think you already answered that question. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think that's part of the final four at the end. But you've answered that question. So now I'm going to have to switch that up. I can't ask that question because this is super duper duper petty for a 12-year-old. Hey. Forgery I'm teaching is, her life skills. I, I'm trying to tell you, and I told her flat out why. I was like, "Hey, listen, this is a crime. This is a, you will go to federal prison for this." Now, did this come from your mom? Is this how you? My mother <sighs> used to beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> so no, I did too. I My did, mama beat me with extension cords, fists, belts, shoes. Yes, anything they had spoons, near the back of her hand. Oh my god! I got hit with a bowl. My mother would beat the hell out of me. My mom threw a handful of silverware when she was washing dishes. <laughs> I swear to God, she threw a handful, and not even just one or two, a handful of silverware at me. And I'm the one that said something. I said something smart, and she threw the whole thing at us. And me knowing it's a handful of silverware, bitch, duck. I ducked. I guess my brother figured he didn't say anything, so it wasn't coming towards him. It and is. this shit hit him right, a fork hit him right in the forehead, girl. Damn, move when it's coming he at you. He had that scar on his head all the way to the day he like in his in his casket when he was dead i saw the scar on his heat it was part of his life forever and we got damn. that when he was like 10 damn you <laughs> yes. got somebody forked forked girl that's the pettiest thing you've ever done <laughs> yeah bitches forked down here in these streets it ain't safe it ain't safe god damn oh my god this has been a very fun conversation uh um, i think we're i think we're heading towards the end in fact, I'm going to ask you the final four and four real quick. Let's do it. And, um, oh, you know what I want to ask you before we headed out, actually, was do you pray or meditate? Do you have anything you do? When I said what is your routine, I know that you just try to be booked out where you are at home. Yeah, but do you have, like, a yourself. daily practice that you do that kind of gets oh, you prepared the for the day? Every day. Every you hit what? My knees, I pray every day. First, before I, I put my feet on the floor, I pray. And before I get in my bed, I pray. You were raised in day. church? Yeah, but I don't go every Sunday. I won't lie to you and say I do. Mm-hmm. But me and the big homie, we talk every single day. I talk on the way downtown to auditions. I talk on the way home from auditions. I just try to to talk to him. Oh, look at look at this! It's the it's the friendly stalkers. <laughs> it's the leash, y'all. It's the agency. They 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 love. It's my friendly stalkers. Friendly um, stalkers. Yes. No. I um I pray every day. There's not a day I don't do it. That is the only way I stay sane. Nice. Legit. All right. Let's do the final four in four. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set the timer for four minutes, and you're going to have four minutes to answer four questions. Let's go. Even though you already answered one, I'm going to give you a different one. Okay. All right. Question number one. If you could ask the universe for one thing that you'd have for the rest of your life, what would it be? It can be an emotion, something tangible, money, anything what would that be an endless amount of patience and you feel like you have very limited patience it's so short it's ridiculous i have the worst patience on the planet really mm-hmm. it's the worst i have none <laughs> okay if if i told you you could have you could solve any one girl get it together if i told you you could solve any one thing you see to be a problem in the world you have an abundance of resources money is not a factor in this moment, you have all the power. What would you fix, change, or solve? I would gather up all the good black people and take them to Wakanda. What makes a, what makes a black person good or bad? Character. <laughs> okay. Character. I, I, if I could just put, like, 
I would take, I, I need like a full body scan of like people with characters and just like a little green check mark. Oh, no, I just need the little blue tattoo on our lips. <laughs> the blue I just tattoo. need the blue tattoo on the lips. And like, I just need that scan for us to go to Wakanda. Like, you can leave all the ignorant niggas here. I don't need them nowhere. I need Ray Ray and them to stay here. I need all the good Wakandians. I need us to all just go ahead and elevate somewhere else. Now, this is low key a side question, but do you think that a person's character is nothing more than a result of their upbringing? No. No? You think they're born with character? No, I think character, yes, is an innate thing, but I also think it's learned behavior because I think there are people born... Why say a product of their upbringing? No. When I say learned behavior, I think there are people who are born into really unfortunate, horrible situations, but they learn to be better people. And okay, And that I feel is you. through life lessons as they get older because I think there are people who are fucked up individuals as children who have been reformed and who have learned mm -hmm. great things as adults. Yeah, that's true. So, no. I don't think it's upbringing. I think it's just life lessons and what they've chosen and what they decided to. Hold to, on to. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. a decision because I think we all have horrible, fucked up thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. It's just what we act on. That's true. It's very true. If you can go back and talk to your 16 year old self and tell her anything she needs to know for life, what would you tell her and why? Wow. Um, start saying no and meaning it sooner. Start saying no and meaning it sooner. I like that. Um, what do you believe is the key to lasting happiness or joy? Because I'm, I'm on the fence with happiness. I think that happiness is not a thing to be sought. It's just it's a result of genuine joy, in my opinion. So what do you think is the key to lasting joy? I think that goes into the no thing. I think just having a true sense of self and really sitting in that and 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 knowing what what feels good to you owning that no matter I think it's a, it's a little bit of selfishness in mm -hmm. that and people are not okay with that idea. Yeah. I think there's I think people have this idea of they have to do for other people to find happiness and I think that the true key is 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 doing for yourself first and being okay with that and that comes with that no word that comes with the idea of just doing for you first yeah and taking care of yourself first because we get exhausted trying to make other people happy not really knowing what makes us happy first that's so true that's so true I grew up my dad I felt like my dad was selfish like my whole life like I always felt like I grew up with my dad somewhat I live with my grandma but my dad okay. lived with my grandma too occasionally <laughs> so I, you know he was like around um <laughs> okay yeah I get that yeah I, he was around I get that and I um because of that though I saw a lot like to me being his daughter and needing certain things and him not being there it just was a very selfish mentality to me and he grew up well he didn't grow up but he also took care of a oh damn it but that was the last question anyway um he also lived with his girlfriend okay. down the street from me literally like a mile down the street and her daughter name was kelly and he like lived with them and didn't yeah for a, a period and he he i will say this i love my dad to death i love you to death because i know you're gonna listen to this he listens to he follows all of my stuff and he we talked about that and he was like that is one of the biggest regrets in his life is having spent more time with her and her child versus with me at home where he mm -hmm. needed to be but my whole life growing up i felt like my father was selfish mm -hmm. i was like that's selfish that's so and i tried my entire life to be the exact opposite of that mm -hmm. you know which is like i don't want to be selfish i don't want 
want to be considered selfish. So it's always giving, mm-hmm. giving, giving. You, oh, you need that? Okay, I'll mm-hmm. see what I can do. I'll make it happen. I'll create, you know, and I'm just now learning to say no mm-hmm. to things I don't want to do. And I don't think I can do that. I'm, I will be extending myself far too thin if I were to do that, yes. you know. But that is something that we don't know how to embody, which is why I started the Be Less Petty workshop, how to be less petty with yourself and yes. find time to love yourself in spite of what everybody's telling you you should be doing, which is loving everybody else. Exactly. And you can't love anybody else until you figure until out you what love you yourself. Need for you. Yes, that's yes. very very important. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so much freaking fun. Oh my god! I hope Ty, I wasn't you're... a scatterbrain hell. No, no, it's okay. I can't it's wait okay. to listen to this back. This yeah. is great. Uh, I mean, it was all genuine and fun shit. And that's all that mattered <laughs> to me. My, I'm all about authenticity and opening up and being real. Yeah. And um. You know, the more we strive for that, the more I have beautiful people on like you. I think that we'll get those messages out there, man. I hope so, man. This is a really great thing that you're doing, Kelly. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Thank you. Tell people where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Ty Davis, on Twitter as Ty Davis. Tell and them I, how to spell that. Oh, T-A-I-D-A-V-I-S, because uh, T-A-I spells Ty, ladies and gentlemen. Not T-I-A, which is Tia, because everybody calls her that. Everybody calls me <laughs> Tia or Tay, and I'm like, no, no, it's T-A. A-I and Tay is T-A-E and <laughs> all right my beautiful black people and do you have anything coming up where people can come see you live or anything like that or is it just all no it's all literally voiceover and on camera I'm swinging at everything pilot season you can catch me season two on the shy hey unless something else happens uh but I'm pretty confident in that um and that's about it catch me on Instagram catch me on Twitter and my Facebook is for family and friends Thank you so very much for being here. Guys, you know where you can find me at, www.kellyhoward.com, K-E-L-L-Y-E-H-O-W-A-R-D.com. And, yeah, thanks for tuning in. You already know that as my listeners, you are appreciated and loved to the fullest extent. Um, And continue to share and rate and tell people to listen. Thanks. I'm out. Deuces. I want to thank our sponsor, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. Sometimes there's just nothing left to say.